Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. <laughs> and this week we review a very heavy movie, but don't worry, we speckle some humor in there. Did you say we spickle? Speckle. We speckle some humor in there. The movie adaptation Dear Evan Hansen. We talk briefly about Ben Platt's makeup and the choice to look like a small marionette. We go to Morality Corner and decide how long is it good to perpetuate a lie. We delve into the very, very heavy themes of this movie and Stephen thinks, is it too heavy? Yes, I do think it is. (laughs) Spoiler, it is to Stephen. It is. All this and more on Movies on the Side. Nate, I'm going to be honest. I'm not really sure how this episode is going to go. Okay. Because typically, Uh I I try to think that we we try to be entertaining, maybe have people laugh a little bit. Are we live right now? Yeah, this is the show. This is the episode right now. (laughs) This is the show. It felt so personal. It felt like, well, maybe this isn't the podcast. Maybe maybe this is Stephen just saying some things off mic. This is the the episode because I'm I'm a little concerned. I I think our listeners come to movies on the side because they want to laugh. They want to have some fun and- Have some deep thoughts. Yeah, maybe some deep thoughts. Have a getaway. There's definitely going to be some deep thoughts in this, but I feel like this is good. Like any laughs that might happen in this episode is probably going to happen right now and not again. (laughs) like this is this is gonna be it okay because i was not emotionally prepared for this musical Uh and i don't know if our listeners are or not i don't know if they've seen it or not but this is a heavy movie and musical and i don't really know what to do about it Mm. it's it's pretty Mm. weighty this is a very weighty movie and musical (laughs) you said that weightily you said that with with lots of weight I felt like weighty. I didn't understand how to yeah. go about saying this. Here's okay. First context. Number one, you had mentioned the name of this show, Dear Evan Hansen, multiple times to me. Yes, I think you've been wanting to do this for a little while. Yes, you talked to me, you know, the music and all this kind of stuff. I knew it was a musical first. It was yes. a, like live on Broadway kind of musical. The movie came later. I knew it starred Ben Platt, who I knew from Pitch Perfect. He has a wonderful performance. He won the Tony for best performance by an actor in a musical role. This this show won six Tonys when it was on Broadway, yep. including best musical. This was obviously a critically acclaimed musical. This musical is written by our friends Benj Posick and Justin Paul, who wrote the music for Greatest Showman. Yes, and you get lots of those vibes. And they were part of La La Land a little bit. But I guess this this came first. Yes. They wrote the that new song from Aladdin that Jasmine sings. Uh, speechless. Yes, which has grown on us. I think we were immediately yeah. a little bit met on it, but over time, sure, I think that has sure. ripened in our minds. Okay, so... I'll let you know my background to this because then I had a very specific assignment for you because yes. my history with this show is I heard that it came out. I don't think I actually listened to it till after the greatest showman and then i in reverse said oh these two did dear evan hansen i'll listen to this and i listened to the soundtrack with no concept whatsoever of the plot of this movie <laughs> right so whatsoever it's I hard to no die it's hard to digest <laughs> i didn't know anything i just listened to it yeah I loved the soundtrack. I kept listening to it over and over again, pieced it backwards 
piece together the story backwards. And then right around the beginning of COVID in 2020, for my birthday, Mm. I was gifted by my wonderful wife tickets to see Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway in Chicago. Whoa. And you got to see it. This was... Which was set for July 2020. Nope. Oh, no. Everything shuts down. Did not get to see this musical. Oh, no. I was so bummed. Oh, man. Then I saw that this movie came out, and I saw the trailers, and I saw the face of Ben Platt and said, oh, no, I don't know if this will be good, but I'm so curious about the, the plot of this musical. I'll have to watch the movie. So then I did, and I went about eight months without listening to any of the music again <laughs> because it was not exactly what I uh, was hoping for. So wait a minute. Okay. So let me, cl- so just to be clear. And now we're here. You listen to the whole soundtrack. Yes. Without knowledge of the plot. Right. And listen to it multiple times because yes. you enjoyed it. Yes. Is, is that correct? Okay. That's correct. And then you saw the movie, never yes. seeing the Broadway show. Yes. And it probably revealed how dark this show actually is. To me, it was not the darkness that I minded. It was 35-year-old Ben Platt with enough makeup on to play the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> he did. As a teenager. He does have a lot of makeup. So wait a minute. You never got like a rain check? Like the Broadway musicals didn't say... You can come in three years when I think we got a re. I think we got a refund. Oh, that stinks. We got a refund. Yeah, uh, it's a, it was a tough time. I, I get it. So that's your context. So then you told me don't make the same mistake. Basically, and you basically said read the Wikipedia plot. Yep. for this yep. movie, which I almost wonder if it. I almost wonder if I should have just watched the movie. Oh, because mm-hmm. I read the plot. I read the plot on Wikipedia, and I was like. This is going to be a very, very sad movie, very heavy, and I don't know if I want to watch this movie. Mm. So, I, so I read the plot as your instructions, and yes. then I listened to the soundtrack, and I said, wow, this soundtrack is banging. I mean, the music is yep. great. I mean, I was listening to the original Broadway cast recording, and yeah, it, it gets the Greatest Showman vibes. There's a song that sounds like This Is Me. It's great. You will be found. Yep. Uh, Sounds like this is me, but in a good way. So I listened to the music straight through, like you said, went back and listened to several songs and then watched the movie. But with the great soundtrack in one hand and this really sad plot in the other hand, I came to this movie thinking, ah, that's basically what I thought. Uh huh. (laughs) Because I. I didn't want to subject myself to this. Like I, like I knew it was going to be sad. And this is one of the things I know it won best musical. Like it's a compelling story. Right. It definitely pulls on all the heartstrings. Do it. Should I try and summarize this? Like summarizer in chief, this thing? I think you should. Okay. So Evan Hansen, the main character of the show struggles with anxiety and depression. We see him taking medications. He's going to therapy and he gets this assignment to write letters to himself as a kind of pep talk every morning. And so he writes this letter to himself, really bearing his soul. Right. And for some reason, he says accidentally prints it out while he's at school. Although it really seemed like he intentionally printed something out. Yeah. The the whole like the whole mix up of the whole thing feels so 
odd when watching this movie i had the thought of like wait this is what it all hinges on and maybe this string of events that leads what does it lead to he prints it out so he prints it out it is picked up by a boy named connor who in a scene earlier bumped into evan hansen evan hansen asked to sign his cast connor was mean about it like it was not a good situation Mm -hmm. so now evan hansen bumps into connor again by the printer Connor actually apologizes and says, you know what? Let me sign your cast. Signs his cast. So his cast has a big Connor on it. Mm-hmm. But then Connor picks up this note. And in this letter that Evan Hansen wrote himself, he mentions a girl named Zoe, which happens to be Connor's sister. And Connor like flies off the handle, gets mad, pushes Evan Hansen down, and then kind of escapes, runs away with the letter in hand. Right. So Connor has this letter that Evan Hansen wrote himself, very transparent, very vulnerable. And Evan Hansen's like, I need to get that letter back. I don't know what he's going to do with it. Is he going to post it online or whatever? We then come to find out that Connor committed suicide and he had that letter with him when he did that. And so his parents find him with that letter and believe that the letter that says, Dear Evan Hansen, was written by Connor to Evan Hansen and assume that the two were close friends. Right. The signature of Connor's name on the arm cast also corroborates this fictitious story. And Evan Hansen, being somewhat anxious and not very good socially, does not have the wherewithal to deny this idea that they were close friends. And then follows through with the lie that they were close friends, builds an entire world where they were emailing each other. All those emails were fake. He didn't really know Connor. And Connor's family embraces him as their own surrogate son. And now he's caught in this web of lies and the movie ensues. Caught deep in a web of lies. And is also, I think, did you mention that he has a giant crush on Connor's sister? Yes, giant crush on Zoe. That is the plot. And the whole time, even if I hadn't read the Wikipedia article Mm -hmm. like the plot summary like you would know at some point in this movie the truth is going to come out and it is going to be such crushing a crushing yes scene yes that you are dreading it the entire time like i just you will be found out every scene you will be found out (laughs) that's the tag and i it's just the whole movie, I'm, and that's why I almost wonder oh, for myself if it would have been just better. Anxiety building the whole time because you're just like right. Okay. Which even if I hadn't read the synopsis, like you would assume, like that is where the plot is going. We all know this. That's where the conflict is going to come. Yeah, for sure. That is where the conflict's going to come in. So you all know. It. But uh, before we go any further, by the way, this movie this is a movie adaptation of a Broadway musical, and so yep. obviously it has a Rotten Tomatoes score. And so, before we go any farther, Nate, what do you think critics gave Dear Evan Hansen the movie? 33. Very close. They gave it 29. And, uh, yeah, pretty low. What do you think audience gave this movie? 52. It's a big gap. Aim high. 78? 88. Audience gave this movie 88. It's all the people who love the musical, obviously. Well, (laughs) it's also, yeah. Okay, man, this is a tough one to parse. Maybe I didn't think about this when I assigned this as our movie, but <laughs> the actual movie, like the movie movie itself is to me just okay. It's a vehicle for delivering the musical. The like mu- the movie yeah, is only yes. delivering the musical content. And as a delivery vehicle, 
it it's got a flat tire it's it's, it's, it's not a little bit very weird well. it's a little bit like some of the songs are a little bit of a weird like yes singing this at the dinner table to connor's family about yes end of may early june this picture perfect afternoon we share drive the winding country road grab a scoop at la mode and then we're there now i didn't picture that and in a musical it makes sense right. like right. characters freeze or they just like pause but there's something about right. this where when the songs come in i just think okay yeah. i like this song but i'm not sure how much this is doing for me right now and then there are several songs that are deleted from the movie mm-hmm. that i really wanted back in because again i wanted all the songs <laughs> I just wanted them. I wanted to to break in the glove because I find that yeah. song quite delightful. Right. And I think that would have been a poignant moment in the movie. But it's the right way, the right way to break in a glove with something like this. Let me just say, Ben Platt, I do really enjoy his singing. Yes. I've, I yes. really liked the few moments he had in Pitch Perfect. And I think as a star character, I want to see him in something else, another musical specifically. But he does great. The main song, I would say, of this movie, which is You Will Be Found, I, I imagine this is like the act one finale in yep. the musical. Right. That is portrayed in the movie as like this virtual choir a la Eric Whitaker, where it's like lots of faces of students on their mm-hmm. phones all singing together and i think the movie did a pretty good job incorporating technology i feel like that's one of the challenges musicals set in present day have is like how do you devise a plot where everyone can text each other at any point and social media exists and i do think this movie did a good job of that one main issue i have is that when he's writing the letter to himself at the beginning of the movie he uses calibri font which is (laughs) disgusting and it really should have been helvetica but anyway i digress and after that it was all downhill for you it's all downhill i do think like the moment where he tries to text his dad where in the movie evan hansen's dad left many years ago is is nowhere to be found and he's with his single mom mom works a lot never home you know so that's the dynamic Mm -hmm. and they show the text message conversation all the blue bubbles of evan hansen trying to text him yes and you don't see any from the father so i think that it uses technology well but that finale when i heard the soundtrack before watching the movie i'm listening to this finale and like listen nate we know musicals we know how they work pretty well like i could imagine that powerful finale a whole choir on stage people moving and dancing like it would have been so impactful but seeing these little like tiny digital screens portraying Mm. students faces it just did not feel very big it did not feel i think how it was supposed to like it was intended to do you agree yeah i i think this is something that the problem is i never saw it as you know i i wish that we would have got hamilton right in dear evan hansen where they would have just recorded film it yes and uh and then just give me that instead yeah Yeah. because it does seem like man it, it kind of lacks a certain I don't know, something when you transcribe it to the screen, which is odd to say, because usually you can add more. Right. And more like spectacle, because you can change scenes easily in a movie where, you know, you're not dragging a set piece around with you. (laughs) Right. Yeah, go on. So anyway, I feel like the the delivery vehicle for this musical maybe tainted the experience somewhat. Mm. That being said, the heavy, heavy nature 
of this musical being the themes of suicide, anxiety, depression, lying, having a single mom, not being able to spend time with her son so she doesn't really know him, him finding the surrogate family that is based on a whole lie, but Evan Hansen finally has a mom and dad, quote unquote, from Connor's family, and he's close to Zoe. Like, those are powerful themes, and I do think they all do a great job. Like, Julianne Moore, who plays... Evan Hansen's mom, I think she does great. I think Amy Adams is very compelling as Connor's mom. And the stepdad, I really liked him, Danny Pino. Yeah. I thought that whole dynamic, whenever the family was interacting, I was, I believed it. You could tell that there's a history there where there's tension, but they're also trying to love each other and still trying to be a family. As a stepdad, he's doing like really good job. So the performances were great. It was just so heavy and the delivery vehicle wasn't the best. And so it was just kind of, I don't know. It just felt anxious. Like, I don't know. I don't know the right word for it. It just felt, yeah, you know, it felt a little icky to you. It felt like, but also, I mean, I don't want to jump to the end, but it it also, like, I didn't feel much lift. I felt a little lift at the end, but there's so many cringy moments when he's trying to make the speech at the memorial service for Connor. He's talking to the school. Mm-hmm. He, you know, fumbles with the papers, which, again, excellent performance. You know, right. I think Ben Platt does great, like, portraying that. I was very nervous seeing him very nervous. You know, the, yeah. the flashcards get out of order. And then he starts to sing beautifully because he has a great voice right and you see the crowd turn from laughing at him to being invested taking these videos and it going viral online because of maybe because it's a movie like it feels like a weird turn like if he's so nervous to make the speech i don't believe he's gonna sing (laughs) i don't believe he's gonna like have a great singing performance after he dropped the cue cards i don't know i mean does it is it believable to you right well but he's not supposed to be singing in this world that's the thing about movie musicals is that for the most part they're not actually like meant to be singing the singing comes through to us but in real life they're just saying the words or whatever yeah you know like they, they don't actually expect you to believe that he's over there you know talking to his mom learn to slam on the break and it's like <laughs> you know <laughs> Evan, right. why are you singing again before i yeah. even turn the key which to that point, the So Big, So Small song towards the end, uh-huh. which Julianne Moore yes. sings to Evan Hansen, but they're sitting very close on a couch together. Yeah. And it's like this extended period of time where she's just kind of singing at him feels weird on screen where on a live stage would probably feel so compelling yeah. and would draw you in and make you feel so many things right. and to see it on screen and you know the cameras are switching angles and you're doing close-ups i just don't know i don't i don't it's weird and i felt so small the house felt so big maybe i wanted the music numbers in this piece to become a little more fantastical to break away from reality and it jumps to him doing something else or he you know like in his mind he climbs off the stage during the speech or like i don't know it becomes a little bit more theatrical like when they're doing the sincerely me right gets is that that right amount of theatrical it starts getting that way like you see like 
Connor dancing around and they're like doing the go-karts together, like that kind of stuff. Right. And I think like during that Julianne Moore song, like do flashbacks of him as a child, do like other things that you could do in a movie that you can't do live on stage. Because if you're trying to make a stage performance of her sitting on a couch, like I don't imagine that was the blocking when he was live on stage. I don't imagine she just sat on the couch with him. Like, so I don't know. I I feel like that was weird. I have to say right here as a positive, because I don't want to sound too negative about this. Yeah. In general, as far as the songs, they have some powerhouse lines. Yeah. Like when it comes to delivering a lyric, the so big, so small, the the line where she says that you told me, is there another truck coming tomorrow, a truck to, that'll right. take mommy away? And this whole like mm, the describing the story, how you were so excited to sit behind the wheel and like this real life truck in your driveway. Yeah. And even just the phrase earlier on where he talks just, I learned to slam on the brake before the brakes before I even turn the key yeah before I make a mistake before I lead with the worst of me and it's like these lines are so good and so powerful yeah. in and of themselves yeah that it's almost like the performances have to get out of the way of these really well written songs and the yeah and the lyrics super heavy like the words fail song it gets to a point somewhere in there where it's almost like sermony when it comes to (laughs) he says the line well i think that that song says i guess i thought i could be part of this i never had this kind of thing before that of all the songs portrayed in the movie i think him just standing at the end of the table singing this song was compelling because it was so transparent like he's being so vulnerable and he's revealing like i wanted this family right and this was the family i didn't have my dad left my mom is not home like i don't have anyone this was what i always wanted i wanted to be a part of this and i feel like that is a like it draws me in and it's like that is true vulnerability and i think like that was good during in the movie i guess i thought i could be part of this i never had this kind of thing before Yes. And here's a line from it that I think is just amazingly written. He says, no, I'd rather pretend I'm something better than these broken parts. Mm. Pretend I'm something other than this mess that I am, because then I don't have to look at it and no one gets to look at it. No, no one can really see. And he goes back to his verse. But it's like such hard hitting lyrics that as far as lyrics in a song, I'm not sure if... Like, as far as vulnerability, like, it, I would, it'd be hard to put another song next to it when it comes to, like, just flat out vulnerable and kind of, like, messy yeah. lyrics. Right. Let me let me ask you this. Two, two aspects of this plot. The, one of the reasons why he has to come clean with the lie is because he is trying to convince Amanda Stenberg, the character in the movie who is like leading the charge on the Connor project, trying to raise this money to mm-hmm. redo the orchard that Evan Hansen lied about, but said that he and Connor, that's where he broke his arm and that they had this great- It's very convoluted. Yeah, yep. it's very convoluted. But anyway, she questions Evan Hansen on the truth of all this. And Evan Hansen shows her the letter, the original letter, the Dear Evan Hansen letter from the beginning of the movie and says, don't share this with anyone, but he and he's doing it as like, here's proof that we were friends. And she- 
posts it online that night and it goes viral and everyone attacks the family. They're like, how could this family be so bad that Connor wrote his suicide letter to his friend and not his family? Never, you know, all this kind of stuff. It blows up. Number one, I feel like Amanda, like that's a bad move. (laughs) Bad move. That is a bad move. Terrible. Like what kind of break in trust is that? I mean, Evan Hansen says, here is the letter that he was found with. Right. Please don't share it. And she literally turns around, posts it online. And that was another moment where I feel like technology and social media was portrayed well because Evan Hansen calls her and is like, you need to take this down. And she said, it's too late. Like it's on the internet. It's in every other place. Like even if I delete my post, you can't get rid of it, which I do think is an important lesson for people to realize. Like just because you delete something from your account doesn't mean it's gone from the internet. Like once the internet gets something that it wants, (laughs) you can't get rid of it. And I think that's an important lesson. Yes, that is pretty accurate. Just to poke a little few holes or maybe it dates itself slightly that the main like getting the connor project and getting this you will be found going viral and all of that stuff yeah feels like it comes from an age that it's about 12 years ago when (laughs) facebook and social media was kind of used for positive change in like a really like hey let's come together and the main thrust of it is sort of in the sharing of all this it's that feeling of like hey you're not alone and people are coming out and being like yes i thank you evan hansen i needed this and this is like this is really good stuff that kind of shows maybe a little bit more kind of a social media era about 10 years or 12 years ago and it did have me feel a little bit like I'm not sure if it there is as much like, oh, you know, remember the days when we were in like Facebook groups and it was like, oh, I found like-minded people anyone under, who enjoy eh, this same thing. Anyone under the age of 30 listening to this right now are like, what? Facebook, what? But I, no, I think people still like start Ask someone who's over 30 and see if they've deleted the groups they were in of like, <laughs> I was in a group called, you know, banana muffins are best served warm. <laughs> I think people still start GoFundMes for causes today. I think that it kind of exists. Yeah. Ish. I mean, I it does exist. I just saying like I don't think that would be the top 3 things that social media is known for now, which is yeah. like making people feel actually connected. Yeah, is no. that a cynical way to think of it? Is like the actual connections of like hey, you're not alone feels a little bit more uh, rough these days. Yeah, I think it's rarer. If ever. So I, I get it. I do really want to visit Morality Corner for a moment, though, and okay. ask you. Yes. If you were Evan Hansen. Yes. And you did not show that letter to Amandla, and it was not posted online, and there was a op- and there was an option to perpetuate the lie for life. Just no. Yeah. You just can't. You just can't. Do you just do nothing and keep letting everything play out? You get to be with Zoe. You get to be loved by this other family. Maybe even get college paid for, even if your mom, Julianne Moore, won't let you. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Do you just let it go or do you correct it at some point? I think you have. It is such a rough lie. Like, yeah. one, it's a rough lie to be found out, but it's also something that I was surprised he got away with it as long as he did. The fact that you don't know somebody and pretend to be friends with them. You know how hard, like how easy it is to tear that apart. But no one knew him. 
that's why it worked. Like, I believe that part of the plot. I mean, if Connor had zero friends and Evan Hansen has zero friends, they could both pretend. You wouldn't know when his birthday was. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, really. And, and like, making up a place, an orchard that doesn't really, like, exist. Or, you know, like, I don't know. It just seems, like, so hard to do it. And here's, even if I was tempted to, like, keep it going, and I guess you could rationalize it in some ways by saying, I'm doing this bad thing, but good things are going to come out of it, which is a slippery slope morally. But I guess, you know, plenty of people do it, and you can kind of... It can keep you together for a while. If you didn't do it when Evan Hansen did it in the movie out of necessity because he was actually found out and it was basically hurting all the family. I mean, I guess technically he could have leaned into it and still not come clean and just let, you know, the online... Build another lie on there. Well, it's not a new lie. I mean, he still... he. That letter was seen by Connor's family. They all believed it was his. He would just have to explain why it got shared, which he didn't share it. He just showed it to someone. So, I mean, even then, he didn't necessarily have to come clean. So when do you come clean? Would you have come clean? <sighs> well, yeah. Well, here's the here's the problem. You are also in love with Zoe. Right. And so there is no way that relationship can become anything like right. if you built it on a lie at the beginning, like it's one thing to be like, yep, I'm going to lie and then I'm going to go off to college and you'll never see me again, suckers. But if you've won a relationship with her long term, like that's not one you want to be married for 20 years and then tell. No, no, I know. I know. So when, when that's a rough one, would you do it? I mean, obviously the best case was saying as you first met with Connor's family and they were trying to say, no, you must have been his friend because his name's on his cast. Like you stand your ground and say, no, this is what happened. And that was the only time I ever met him in my life. Yes, that's when you stand for the truth. But is there ever a time where the Internet absolutely cancels Evan Hansen for being like for lying about all of this? Does that ever happen? I literally had that thought of, you know, 15 years later. When he tries to get a job at some tech company, I imagine if it went as viral as it did to say, weren't you that guy that lied about being that other guy's friend? That catfished like your school? Yeah, I mean, that would stay with you for a long time. Yeah, that would be rough. I think what I would, I mean, honestly, it is so bad in so many ways that I think I would have to turn to Julianne Moore, my mom, and say, I've done a terrible thing and we have to move like it's time to go to another state like 100 percent. when he went back to school here when he went back to school i was like no i would you could not get no no virtual school you couldn't pay me to go back to that school nope absolutely not i mean that is despicable so anyway now i don't know if this is a spoiler if you read the wikipedia plot maybe not but in the end the orchard gets funded and built and the movie ends with Evan Hansen and Zoe meeting one more time mm-hmm. and they walk the orchard together mm-hmm. and then she leaves. Good. As she should. <laughs> she doesn't, he doesn't get the girl yep. because he did a terrible, terrible thing. Yep. Does that, I mean, it as you just implied, that feels right. That feels like, right. Yeah. It, it feels, feels, it's one of those But it doesn't feel where, good. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't feel good. But it doesn't feel, here's where I think this movie has more, this show has more redemption than maybe what you are feeling Mm. is that he does a terrible thing and gets caught up in it but through it comes the reveal the like the spoilery (laughs) reveal about (laughs) evan hansen is that the whole story in the orchard was him 
attempting suicide himself. Right. And this whole, like, he was kind of like a Connor archetype. And that was part of, like, the, the tie-in to it. And the part of this, you will be found or or you won't disappear, is part of him grappling with, like, I wish someone would have come to help me. or, mm-hmm. or was, And then yeah. he reveals it to his mom and i think that is the beautiful hope of the whole thing is that throughout this terribleness he burned so many bridges but the most important thing is he is now going to like experience more healing in his life because he's now honest with his mom will be a more honest with in therapy that that the truth about him and his, you know, what he struggles with is going to be a lot, you know, is a lot more serious. And I think that is very cool that he kind of came to grips with that instead of hiding his own pain and that maybe he can start getting some healing through his own trauma. There is one line after all the truth comes out where Evan Hansen goes up to Zoe in the school and says, you you know, tell everyone the truth, make them hate me and not your family. And she, Zoe says, that's not our decision. Like, it's on you, Evan Hansen, if you want the truth to be out there to make a video and post it. But also, my mom doesn't want to lose another son. And that line, like, got me. Yeah. Because it was, like, it finally named what Connor's family wanted. They wanted the son that they lost. Mm -hmm. And they found that son in Evan Hansen. And they were able to hopefully do things with Evan that they didn't and won't have a chance to have done with Connor now. Evan kind of robbed them of that like twice over. Right. (laughs) Because he lied to them and then revealed the lie. And it's like the double cut. But the the beauty out of the tragedy of that is that that whole family was finally able to like – begin to grieve and deal with their own dysfunction in a way that like ultimately will lead to their i guess healing as well i mean like this movie has a lot of kind of little shoots of leaves coming out of piles of ashes and you can choose like there's a lot of ash there's a lot (laughs) of like burnt down stuff and i think the subtleness of this musical is that you see one little leaf come out of the ground in all of these stories and go, man, you know, not everything's dead. And I think that's like the, that's the the cool thing about this story. And one of those shoots is Evan Hansen goes to the yearbook that he had of Connor younger and Connor listed all his favorite books. And so Evan Hansen reads all the books that Mm -hmm. Connor said was his favorite. And then actually, like researches anyone who might have known Connor ever and finds a video of him playing a song on the guitar in a rehab center and puts that video on a USB stick and anonymously mails it to all these different people, including Connor's family and them all sitting on the sofa watching that video. I mean, is very, yes, is very, I don't want to say very, but it is lift. Like there is lift in that moment Mm -hmm. amidst all the sorrow. And so I, I give it that. I mean, but man, that's a tough, that's a tough show. It's a tough putt, as they say. <sighs> man, should we rate this movie? <laughs> I mean, okay, I, I'm like going this? to, we started, we started light and we got 
we got heavy, and I'm going to yes. go light one more time. Okay. You ready? Yeah. We need to talk about the makeup on Ben Platt in this movie. <laughs> Why was there so much? There, There is something. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. I saw, before I watched this movie, I saw, like, they performed at the Tonys. Like, he performed. He performed on, like, Good Morning America. I've seen Ben yeah. Platt. And yeah. he has, naturally, like, a kind of a baby face. Like, he's... He was born in 93, so what does that make him? He's five years younger than me. I'm. He's 29, <laughs> yeah, 29 right now. Like, there are plenty of people who are squarely in their mid-20s, vis-a-vis, Hunger Games, Twilight, all of it, that we just, <laughs> just go, yep, they're high schoolers. Done. Like, we're fine. Right. Like, we can, we can handle it. We've done it our whole lives. I've watched John Travolta pretend to be a high schooler <laughs> when he looked 35 yeah. years old. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I was born for this. I'm ready. And yet, I don't know what they did. You could tell me there was some CG smoothing. You could tell me they added, like, uh, some width to the sides of his face yeah. to add a little bit more roundness, thereby making his shoulders seem more narrow. You could tell me that they like Captain America, uh, not Captain America, yes, Captain America, like shrunk like his neck down a little bit or like puffed out his lips or caked on all the pores. <laughs> Or like you could have told me that he has a full beard under that, and they put a prosthetic like <laughs> dough yeah. doughy bottom like to Hen- it. Henry Cavill CG'd his mustache yes. out of Justice there League. Is, yeah. But there is something yeah. to the face of Ben Platt in this movie that uh, this is going to sound intense, but it is basically ruins every emotional scene that he is in for me. Because I know what the man looks like. Yeah. And I kept looking at it and kept going, what's, what's happening around the lips? Did he, like, what's happening around the, what's happening it, to yeah. this face? Because it is not a high schooler's face. It does look almost like there's a prosthetic. He peeled off a high schooler's face and <laughs> placed it on top of his face. It, it does look like he has like a Tom Cruise, like Mission Impossible face maker face. He's going to pull it off. Yes. I wonder if they were trying to make him look really pale mm-hmm. because the album artwork, like when you listen to the soundtrack in Apple Music, it shows Evan Hansen's body. Like you don't see his head, but you see his arm in the cast. You see his other arm and it's like white. Like it is like so light. It is not skin colored. Like it's just straight white. And I wonder if they were trying to make him look extra pale and then also maybe make prosthetics. His, there are some prosthetics. There's cheek. There's cheek prosthetics. Like his face is too puffy. There's something going on. And maybe around. I don't know why. Why did? Why would they do that? Around. Yeah. Like kind of like in front of the ears. Like the face shouldn't <laughs> extend. Let me. Let me pass. Let me. Let me. Let me send something to you real quick. I mean, I'm looking at pictures of him in the movie right now. I mean, it's terrifying. I don't know. I don't know why. Well, I'm I'm going to search. No, no, I'm giving you everything you need. No one something. can get over. <laughs> I'll put these links in the show in the show notes. But there's something there's something there, and I can't get over the fact. Okay, there was a lot of flack for Ben Platt, which again is not fair. But the, but 
I understand how that would hurt a lot of flack when they announced that they were making this movie that, you know, 27 year old Ben Platt at the time was going to play Dare Evan Hansen or play Evan Hansen because there have been other Evan Hansen's on Broadway who like could do it. And his dad, it was a producer on this movie and was able to like somehow able to get it made. And like, there's a little bit of Ben Platt nepotism, but I forgive it all because Ben Platt's voice to me is iconic and I can't picture someone else being it. So maybe it's like before they made this movie, they got enough angry messages about you can't have this 27 year old grown a man play this (laughs) high schooler. So like, and then they're like, all right, all right, we got to make him look little. So they tried really hard, and this is what happens when you try too hard. I feel like he should have just been clean shaven, and it would have been fine. Just fine. I'm looking at I'm looking at pictures of him from around that same time without a beard. As long as he didn't have a beard, I think he'd be fine. Yeah, he would be fine. I don't. He would be fine. (laughs) I don't. It's ridiculous. When our children tell their stories. He will okay. be fine. Uh, yeah, it is super weird. I'll put a link so to that article. That, that is rough for me. I found his friend kind of insufferable. Yeah, he Or really his was. cousin. Yeah. I found um, it was the, the, the girl at the school. Uh, I didn't quite care about her character as much as yeah. I probably should have. And I think I was supposed to care more. Yeah. Um, yeah. In general, I didn't right. connect as much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, we got to rate this movie on a scale of zero to five arm casts. Mm-hmm. I think it's my turn to go first. This is this is a very difficult one to rate. I mean, it just takes a little patience, <clears throat> takes a little, little time. Let me a be clear. Let, let me be clear. Little uphill climb. Let me be. I never want to watch this movie again. Like, let me stipulate that. Yeah, I have yes. no desire to ever see this movie again. Same, same. I guess I'm glad I watched it. I would have much preferred to see this on Broadway or on the stage as opposed yeah. to in a movie. I looked up before I assigned this movie to you. I looked up to yeah. see if it was coming to the stress. Is it? Is it coming? It, can't, it already came. <laughs> you oh, missed it. <laughs> I missed it. So, <sighs> it, but you know, if it was, if it was coming out, I would have told you, don't watch this movie go be free i would have like sent you off like white fang yeah. into the forest yep. like get out get out of here get out of here you yeah. go see a good musical i'm gonna give this i'm gonna give this movie man this is so tough steven how was the soundtrack you haven't really given give me some soundtrack thoughts real quick you're a musical guy i mean listening to the soundtrack before watching the movie some of the words it was hard to relate with because I didn't watch it. I mean, I saw the plot, but you really need to see what's happening while you're listening to get it. But the music was great. I love Ben Platt's voice. There were many times where like background vocals were just killing it. I enjoyed the music. I did. I'm going to give this movie a three. I'm going to give it three casts. Whoa. I don't, that it feels high, <laughs> but and it, it is a, it's a good story. Yeah, it is. It has good music. There are moments like when he sings words fail that it's so excruciating. I mean, the fact that it makes you feel so much, I think, is worthy of some points there. I mean, it does tell the story well, even if it doesn't 
feel great all the time. Yeah. Like you feel the family dynamic, Connor's family. You feel Evan Hansen wanting to be a part of that family, the struggle between that and his mom. Like I felt all those things. And so I, I can't fault it for being lifeless. You know, I did feel lots of things. Right. So I will, I will say three out of five, never want to watch it again. Sure. If you had to rate between movies that I would say gave me probably similar feelings to the way that you felt with this movie, Les Mis and Into the Woods in a lot of ways are an emotional slog. And I mean that in a, in a intentional way. There's some deep, deep, dark places both of those musicals go. Do you feel like this was more, because it was more modern or more close to our world that it hit harder than like a Les Mis or a Into the Woods? I think it is I think it is more of a slog. Les Mis, or Into the Woods is at least sprinkled with comedy throughout. And so there's some relief there. Sure. Les Mis, even the heaviness is also juxtaposed with these victorious moments. Before before a calamity hits them again. Oh, never re- right. never forget everyone. It's called the Miserables. <laughs> It is, it is, but there is at least a sense of like gusto or like, I don't know what you can call it, but like there is at least heart there amidst the suffering. And this feels just so much like everything is weighed down by this massive lie. And so any moment Mm -hmm. that you think is lifting, it's still drugged down by the heaviness of this, just the the plot, just the plot itself. So Mm -hmm. yeah, this is the biggest slog, I think. Okay. What are you going to, what would you rate this movie? What are you going to give it? I'm going to give the movie a two. Yeah. And I'm going to give the musical that I probably will never get a chance to see, but hopefully someday. I'm going to give the hypothetical musical a four and a half. (laughs) I I will say, as far as recommendations, the movie was tough, but what it really has going for it, I do think that it grappled with suicide and depression and anxiety in a way that didn't sugarcoat it at all no no but also like had that sense of leaf coming out of the ashes little phoenix rising in in moments and i think the way that it like there is a beautiful message of sometimes we just want to be seen and known yeah even if we're not understood we just want to know that someone else knows we're struggling and that simple form of love Mm -hmm. is very powerful and this movie really that's like the 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 big thing that it shows like evan hansen is seen by his mom for in a different way for the first time connor's family like sees sort of the whole situation fully and then everyone kind of is wanting to be seen you will be found you won't disappear i'm i matter yeah and i think that's a a worthy theme to have in a musical so but still the movie itself i don't necessarily recommend it uh (laughs) just listen to the soundtrack and uh especially read the four or five clips yeah that's it well listeners if you made it this far let us know what you thought on instagram but if you need uh pick me up after this Go listen to our bonus episode. You can find it at <laughs> patreon.com slash movies on the side, or you can support us directly on Apple Podcasts. And we talk about uh, children and screen time, and the I give Nate some uh, suggestions for cartoons to try. But anyway, go do that if you need to pick me up, because whew, this is heavy. 
I would have loved to do a top five songs on this, Nate. Maybe maybe we can do it again sometime. I ran out of time tonight. I think waving through a window, just if you want to just go w- listen to something right now, I think waving through a window yeah. is great. Yeah, it's a good song. And uh, as we always say. Have you ever felt like nobody was there? Have you ever felt forgotten? Fade me out. In the middle of nowhere. Have you ever felt like you could disappear? Like you could fall and no one would hear. Let that lonely feeling wash away. Because when the beating of your heart matches the beating of the drum. <laughs> oh, that was a great transition. I felt it going that way. I was like, wait a minute. What is he? Something's oh, getting triumphant. There it is. Do you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men?